A nuclear meltdown in L.A.'s backyard. I'm Jason Horton. I'm Rebecca Lieb. And this is Ghost Town. My favorite episodes are ones where like two miles from where I live, something extraordinary happened. You, you're like, you live in the what? epicenter of like a lot of amazing cultural. Yeah, you do too, though. You yeah, know, no, we, we live we in similar. We live... I feel like your area is. This area is a little, is a little kooky. You my know, favorite part of fun. my area is uh, the fact that. Um, it's by the, Costco? Well, that, uh, but the Beastie Boys um, had, a, had a studio. They lived in Atwater Village and they had a studio. That's pretty and cool. They recorded, like, Check Your Head. You, and just some put, cool... you just put something on your Instagram about that. I right? did, yeah, yeah. It was just a huge. And because living in New York, I just assumed everything happened in New York and yeah. realized that they lived in the same neighborhood I did. So I thought that yeah. was pretty. Uh, as a, a white Jewish and, male. Yeah, you like, didn't know. And I you, didn't know. It's yeah. Like you gravitated towards their. Yeah. History. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to so, listen, when anything nuclear is amazing. Yeah, which means you're going to love this episode because today we're going to be talking about the Santa Susana Field Laboratory. Uh, it is, and specifically within it, Area 4. Um, the whole thing is a 2,800 acre lab, which is in the San Fernando Valley. <laughs> so, so we're going to get into it's that. This giant, yeah. And there was a secret collaboration with the U.S. government, private companies testing the limits of nuclear power in Los Angeles, just under probably a lot of water stores. Yeah, you know, it's going to be amazing. I always just assume it's gonna, like if it's it's always going to be like in the desert, Nevada. Yeah, you know I mean? you're like in an island that they're going to destroy. No, how about the Deep Valley, off Ventura? <laughs> There's tons of shopping on Ventura, though. Oh, can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. Bonkers. But I also, before we get into that, want to talk about our live show, which we just had. Yeah. Did you love it? Did you listen to it? Yeah. They're like, Answer no. now. No, Answer like, during this pause. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> they're like, no. Didn't no, care. No, busy. I live my I was living my life. Yeah. But I don't know. Was it fine? I didn't have an hour plus to listen to you kind of, you know, plow through uh, mm-hmm. Hollywood Forever and Paramount. No, it was great. It, it was, was so a, fun. A first one, uh, thank you to anyone who came or yeah. anyone who listened. We really appreciate it. You know, we learned, we, it was what, it was sold out, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, we yeah. left one seat open for Satan. Satan. And no one sat in that. They're very polite to Satan. Yeah. So I think that'll be a running thing for us. We'll always have a seat reserved for Satan. Yeah. I think I think it's a good idea. My dad didn't even sit there, which would have been a lot. Yeah. I think. Yeah. You had family there. I had, family I had my there. I had family there. In uh, fact, uh well my uncle raved about it, which was very flattering. And he's um, a he's a he's a you say he's a public defender. He's a public he's defender. A serious dude. He he knows a lot. He he actually has a ton of interesting cases all the time, so he lives it. Yeah. So to for him to tell me that this shit I was reading off a piece of paper was interesting, yeah. but we put our yeah. own. You know, I mean, we had we had uh, the security of, of information on a page, but we kind of spoke. Yeah. Our, oh, we were our, our normal yeah. charming comic genius selves, and we had uh, our guest uh, Paige Smith. Yeah, uh, she was great. She's great. She knows uh, she knows a lot about uh, LA history. She knew yeah. a lot about Paramount. Was like, yeah. but she seemed to kind of know. She's good. She was very good. And she also added a lot of really fun stuff that I don't think I would have ever found or I don't think we would have covered had no. she not been there. So she was amazing. Um, so my dad brought my uncle and then his childhood friend, his college friend, who, I don't know if you saw this, fell asleep during oh, our show. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Did you see that? 
He was because he Makes was sense. right in my eyeline. Okay. And I was like, you paid for a ticket. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. Here. Whatever you want. Free for all. Money Take talks. Take a nap. Take Mo- a nap. Money talks. But yeah, Dynasty yeah. Typewriter uh, was uh, very, very cool. We had, uh, you know, you know, a couple of technical snags, but we had a, kind of a lot going. We had like smoke and yeah. the, the setting was perfect. Oh, it was and, amazing. Uh, you know, we had you know, the music. Everything was everything was great. Everybody was great. And we hope to do more. We do. I got a lot of feedback uh, on Instagram saying, you know, come here, come to Florida, come to Colorado. Uh, we want to we go. We want to do that. We, we want to do go, all those things. We want to go to all those yeah, places. Yeah, we want to go um, there. We want to eat your food. We want to If Instagram you have suggestions of where people do podcasts, mm-hmm. uh, that would be helpful to us. Yeah, I think so. Because uh, I think we don't know where to go or like who's interested. Um, mm-hmm. So that would be super helpful to us. Yeah, I think that'd be really fun. Um, I also want to talk about uh, Jason has a birthday coming up. Well, as you're listening to it, we, we it's my birthday uh, is on Monday and you're listening on Wednesday, oh, so it has passed. Jason had a birthday coming up. And right now I'm either um no uh six seven I'm either in Philadelphia, New Jersey, or New York at this point. Mm. I'm seeing uh, Billy Joel tomorrow. Yeah. As you're listening, I'm seeing Billy Joel tomorrow. Amazing. For his seventieth birthday. Wow. So we have birthday uh, bros. close birthdays together. Um, we're, you know, going, uh, actually I've been meeting at Instagram. Well, oh, well, well, yeah. for those of you who haven't heard of Instagram, yeah, it's, um, it's a, a platform for sharing photos that you have in your phone. Yeah. And, uh, go, a uh, ghost town pod. Ghost is our town Instagram. pod is a place you can see some pretty cool photos. Yeah. So we I'm, take them, we, uh, take other people's photos we like and credit them. Of course. Of course. And um, we take a lot. I put up a, you yeah. know, put up a lot of, uh, Hollywood forever cause we go to a lot of places and, yeah. um, uh, also, we're very active. Yeah, we have a. We're gonna. I'm gonna Vibrant. talk to our, We're gonna have a meeting with our reps. I'll be there. In per- you were there. Yeah. We go in shifts to New yeah, York to meet our right. reps. That's <laughs> right. Um, and they're gonna be like, "So what's up?" And we're like, "We're gonna be like, we're mm-hmm. never in the same room together." They're like, "Are you <laughs> Just, the yeah. same person? What's happening yeah. here?" But yeah, we're very excited about that. I wish I could go to New York with you, but you're gonna have an amazing time. So you guys wish Jason a happy birthday, please. Yeah. On Monday, yeah, it's on Monday of but the future of the past of the past. So uh, take out your time machines and get back there. But if you listen to this on a Wednesday, I'm sure he would appreciate a happy birthday or follow or hey, you know what his greatest gift could be? Rate and review us on iTunes. Yeah, so we have a couple really nice people that have uh, gave us some positive feedback, mm-hmm. and then some people who took that our call to be like, hey, to you know backfire a little. So mm-hmm. they were kind of like, no, um, you know, I don't uh, like what. You have to say so, and which is listen. It's you took the time. We appreciate it. Not mm-hmm. everyone can like it. I totally understand. I feel mm-hmm. like I've looked at some other other bigger podcasts, um, and a lot of them, a lot of podcasts get similar uh, negative reviews. A lot of them, people really? do, they're like it's un with similar content, like really? Disgraced Land, which okay. uh, I listen to. It's uh, is more narrative. They do a really really great job. They have um, money and technology and uh-huh. uh, uh, talent behind that. Uh, yeah. But they, you know, uh, you don't have to curse when you're talking about how like uh, Ike Tur- Turner brutalized Tina Turner. Is the cursing necessary? And it's yeah. like, come on, oh, you Jesus know. Christ. Yeah, I guess don't listen. I don't know. Yeah. Like, so I, it's do, a lot please of, do listen. Do listen. But th- I feel like you get a, a similar, you know, it's not enough mm-hmm. information. You're not getting yeah. it too quick enough. And this is just, it happens to be what it is. And we're always taking what you have to say and we're always kind of refining it. And we're really, we're not, we're doing, being, 
truthful to what we're interested in, but also not doing anything to antagonize people. We would yeah. want people to listen, have a good time. You could be listening and doing a lot of different things. And, and, and we, you know, when you're going for your walk or on the elliptical, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Hitting that yeah, elliptical, hitting getting that, those steps yeah, exactly. in, driving in traffic. Why not? Exactly. Are you on a, some kind of lime scooter and you still have access, <laughs> you have your headphones in, you're not listening <laughs> to traffic, oncoming traffic? Yeah. We please. want you to have a nice time. Yeah. We want that to be so hard. Give it a rate and review. Um, yeah. Our, uh, Patreon, uh, mm-hmm. only been one mention of Patreon. Uh, we do two bonus episodes every uh, every month. And they're fun. And they're also what I think we've realized is that they're a little like out there. So if you yeah. like like some of the weirder stuff we do on the podcast, you're going to like the Patreon. And if you don't like the weirder stuff, the Patreon is very normcore. So yeah, go check it out. It's, um, it's actually exactly what you need. Exactly so what you need. So it's what you've been missing from us. People who uh, get some suggestions, and a lot of times we'll use those for the Patreon, but it's patreon.com slash ghost town pod. And right. it, it helps us uh, because, you know, we're, um, when it comes to financially with the mm-hmm. show, not that it matters, but, you know, we're in the red. Uh, yeah. You know, we're at a negative, but we, we're not, we never got into it. It's like, you want to make a quick buck? No. Let's start podcasting. Exactly. It's like, <laughs> get rich quick scheme no, it's, podcast. It's get broke um, at a normal pace. Yeah. At a <laughs> decent, slow pace of broke, brokenness. Yeah. Um, so please do that. But um, yeah. So Santa Susanna mm-hmm. Field Laboratory. Let's get to the meltdown, baby. Let's get to them. And I actually, I was on a date when this, on this pretty boring date with a guy who worked at NASA who suggested this. So this is the best thing. This is the fruit of my, those four, three, three, four drinks that were bought for me Yeah, at the shortstop. So you guys reap the benefits. So you're getting it straight from NASA's mouth. Exactly. It's NASA through a couple drinks, through Echo Park, through my shitty memory, right. onto a paper plus some Wikipedia. And here we are! Here we Yay! Are. Um, so the Santa Susana Field Laboratory, and the again, the interesting thing about this is like it's so close to where we live, just like nuclear experimenting. Like, yeah. whatever. And then they just kind of covered it up. So for decades, scientists and staff at this lab experimented with new types of nuclear reactors, advanced rocket system, and futuristic weapons. But it has a really toxic legacy now. And I, again, I don't think a lot of people know about it. They all do, don't they? Kind of in a way. What? <laughs> don't all, like, kind of nuclear, nuclear you know what I mean? Like, I feel like well, we nuclear. don't know about it. It's like regular people. Right. You know, like, I don't, I didn't know about that. You know? Not everyone has a, like a, a NASA ex boyfriend like you do though. Yeah, that's uh, I love it. <laughs> he's when an guys ex, like, right? That he's an ex. Guys, look, yeah, you do this a lot too. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. Like, oh, I, I I spoke with them for five minutes. They're an ex. They're yeah, an ex. there too. You know, it's not officially over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Still leaving that door open. What could have been? Um, what could have been is more information about this. Uh, you will find out. So the Santa Susana Field Lab occupies about twenty eight hundred acres in the uh, rocky terrain of Simi Hills. Simi Hills, right? Simi, yeah, not yeah. Simi. Yeah, like Valley. Sims, not the Sims. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> why I'm saying it like that. In the West San, San Fernando Valley, it is overlooking Chatsworth, West Hills, and Canoga Park, Woodland Hills, and Thousand Oaks, more park to the west. Um, it was originally developed by North American Aviation in a remote but growing part of Los Angeles and Ventura counties. So when they thought, they were like, well, we're going to build this, they were like, no one's going to live here. No one's going to no make porn, make porn in Chatsworth. <laughs> I heard it's also, somebody told me a lot of the porn is moved to, I think somebody on our tour, yeah. the guy on our tour, um, Mark, maybe, yeah. was, he did a, ran a lot of camera and he says they used a lot of be in the Valley, they moved a lot to San Diego, which is a little more conservative, so yeah, I, I wonder how that worked out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of beach, sexy beach scenes. Sexy beach scenes. Uh, very sexy. <laughs> Porno sexy. So it was developed by North American Aviation 
and suburban housing developments were springing up nearby. So it was even at that point they were like, let's keep developing. But cows still roam freely. There were farms. There were orange groves. It wasn't really happening yet. Today, there's more than half a million people there um, that are just atop this uh, very still active nuclear area. Um, And then also, you know, uh, they're within where the reactors and lab are. Um, Two miles, I think, is the closest uh, house to the lab. So can you imagine living two miles from a place where they had so much uh, nuclear testing? Imagine you knew that as a kid. You'd be like mm-hmm. hovering over it going, please turn me to a superhero. Yeah, right? you'd be like, uh, now's the time. I fall, I'm going to fall in this puddle. I'm going to fall in this puddle. And mm-hmm. then you'd just die. Yeah, okay. yeah. It wouldn't be good. Or you just live in boring valley life. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I love the valley, but you know. Yeah. I mean, the, I like the valley too. I like the valley yeah. more than I like Santa Monica, to be honest. Oh, me too, yeah. Right? Uh, anyway. So it went into operation in 1947 and would eventually become home to 10 experimental nuclear reactors, as well as the site of thousands of rocket energy and weapons tests. Because of corporate mergers and acquisitions over the years, SF- SSFL had several owners throughout the decades. It's also been used, as I said, like the, by the U.S. government, and it's always had a rough affiliation with it. Area 4 uh, were once super- supervised by the U.S. Atomic Energy Commission, which later became the United States Department of Energy. Another section of the field lab is actually owned by the federal government and was used by NASA for rocket tests and scientific experiments, so that's where that guy kind of knew about it. With the detonation of the world's first nuclear weapon by the United States Army on July 16th, 1945, uh, we entered the atomic age, everybody. And everyone wanted a piece of it. Two years later, an American aerospace company called North American Aviation selected Santa Susana in the hills uh, to build their secret research facility. The location of SSFL was chosen in 1947 for its remoteness in order to conduct work that was considered too dangerous and too noisy to be performed in more densely populated areas. Thank you, I guess. Right? (laughs) It's like, uh, again, I just want to reiterate, uh, two miles from the nearest house right now. Um, But of course, as years went by, the population grew. Housing developments surrounded the hill, as it was known. Today, more than 150,000 people live within five miles of the facility. Hang on, uh, two miles in the nearest house. It's divided into four. Santa Susana Field Laboratory is in four production and two buffer areas, area one, two, three, and four, and in the northern and southern buffer zones. Area one through three was used for rocket testing, missile testing, and munitions development. Area four was used primarily for nuclear reactor experimentation development. Laser research for the Strategic Defense Initiative, um, popularly known as Star Wars, was also conducted in area four. So it's just like... I don't just use this, uh, just do all your shit here. Yeah. Um, all your testing, all your crazy, like, microbiologic efforts. It'll be fine. Um, as a note, the Woolsey fire begun near the Santa Susana Field Laboratory site, um, which was the fire in 2018 that prompted the evacuation of almost 300,000 people. We'll get to that later. At first, the purpose of the site was to test rocket engines, but in 1953, under the supervision of the U.S. Atomic Energy Commission, the predecessor of the Department of Energy, um, and then, like, again, the, kind of the, the people that were at the helm of Area 4, um, they did a lot of nuclear reactor testing. Um, and then they really concentrated on that area specifically. So it had 10 reactors, a plutonium fuel fabrication facility, a uranium fuel facility, and a hot lab for remotely cutting up dangerous radioactive material. The rest of the site, more than 2,000 acres, was used for testing and development of rocket engines. Um, during its operational history, more than 30,000 rocket engine tests were conducted. 
That's a lot. That's a lot of tests, yeah. I would say. Throughout the years, approximately 10 low-power nuclear reactors operated at SSFL in addition to several critical facilities. A sodium burn pit, which sodium-coated objects were burned in an open pit, if you couldn't clean that from Yeah. The, it's like a burn pit. It's a really... Um, Technical. Yeah, exactly. It's that's undercover. Uh, <laughs> what does that mean? Like, exactly. what did we glean from that? Exactly. Um, I don't know. Uh, they're just like, let's coat objects in sodium and just burn them here and just keep burning them, and we'll worry about the rest later. Um, a uranium carbide fuel fabrication facility, hot lab again, um, uh, irradiated nuclear fuel from other Atomic Energy Commission and Department of Energy facilities was shipped there to be decladded and examined. Um, so this is what was all happening at this time. There were, there were places getting dunked in sodium. There were things in uranium. There were detonators. There were tests. Like, all of this was happening. But of course, trouble in paradise. <laughs> Trouble in this flawless system of testing things that we didn't know about. And very ah. aggressive. I mean, like, you know, it was very aggressive, I feel like. And it was competition with other countries to, yeah. you know, like science. And- exactly. Like, they were trying to figure out ways to get ahead of other countries. Yeah. So they didn't care much about the results. They were just like, we were just trying our best to learn more about this thing, to create more weapons. We'll figure out the fallout. Sorry. Later. You're doing stand-up, right? So this is works Me? out for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm very famous. And you rich. know, you didn't. What you didn't do is when you when you talked about uh, the NASA guy, you didn't say the date was out of this world. So Whoa. Mi- that was a miss. That's called a missed opportunity. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, so let's take a little break right okay. here. What's up, guys? Nolan here from Donut Media to tell you about our new podcast, Past Gas. Check out our four-part series on Ford versus Ferrari at Le Mans, one of the greatest rivalries ever in sports. There's love, loss, betrayal, and a whole lot of racing. It's a great story, one that we want you to hear. So check out Past Gas wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you. And we're back. Oh. Right? That was good. That was fun. That, that was, was a fun, fun break. Yeah. yeah. We both took showers separately. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we blew dry our hair. That's right. And uh, exfoliated. It was great. Exactly. Um, so now we're getting into the things that happened because of this stuff at Santa Susana. So the hot lab, which we talked about again, that uh, facility uh, for taking fuel disposing of it, burning it up into the air Yeah, for who knows what. And wind doesn't blow it or anything like that. It just no, stays right where it is. No, wind doesn't blow it. It just disappears. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you don't see it, right. it it's, disappears. It's like carbon monoxide poisoning. Exactly. If you don't see it, you can't die. I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> I also exactly. don't understand science. No, clearly I don't either. I and actually was, in school, I was I was in advanced classes when it came to science for some reason. Huh. I, switched I was schools. also in advanced classes. Yeah, I still and, don't know anything And I was science. like, I don't believe I don't understand it. Yeah. Why am I here? I You're wrong, Did, educators. Exactly. Did you make a mistake? Yeah. Did you all make a mistake? Did the history of science make a mistake? That's where we're in the mess we're in right now. <laughs> I, know, I know. So let's get back to that hot lab. Ooh. Right? So it suffered a number of fires, including a radioactive uh, materials fire. Um, for example, one of the big fires in 1957 was called the uh, the hot cell fire. So creative. Um and it essentially got out of control, so it became uh, uncontrollable, and through that, contaminated all the other areas. Um, and then they just put it out and continued as usual. Business as usual. Right? Just Again, nothing matters. At least four of the ten nuclear reactors suffered accidents over the years. 
Uh, one, the A36 reactor experienced a re- release of fission g- gases in March 1957. In July 1959, the SRE experienced a power excursion and partial meltdown that released 28 curies of radioactive noble gases. I think that's a lot. I'm not sure. Um, the release resulted um, the, on the maximum offsite exposure to uh, residential buildings. So just releasing some more gases to contaminate the people. Um, and then, interestingly enough, it's well within current limits now. So now we don't care as much about nuclear contamination or gases. A radioactive fire occurred in 1971 involving a combustible primary reactor coolant contaminated with mixed fission pro- projects. I don't know exactly what that means, but that sounds hot and dangerous. Uh, the reactors located on the grounds of Santa Susana were considered experimental, and therefore they thought that they weren't dangerous. Reactors are highly radioactive, and especially when they are housed together and in big domes and with the burn pits, they are one of the most powerful um, situations in terms of uh, nuclear reaction and contamination. They didn't know it at the time. The sodium burn pit, like we talked about before, the open-air pit for cleaning sodium-contaminated components uh, was also fucked up by the burning of radioactivity and chemically contaminated items in it in a convention, in a con- sorry, contravention of safety requirements. In an article in the Ventura County Star, James Palmer, a former SSFL worker, was interviewed. The article notes that of the 27 men in Palmer's crew, 22 died of cancers. That's a lot. Yeah. What happened to the other four? Five. Uh, yeah, I don't... They just... Uh... They lived, but how? You yeah. know? Like, are they also... Kind of messed up. Maybe they were wearing gloves. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) On some nights, Palmer returned home from work and kissed his wife hello, only to burn her lips with the chemicals that he had breathed in at work. Or he was a red hot lover, baby. (laughs) That 1950s hot love. Guess the former. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Maybe he had some hot Doritos, though, too. Oh, like Flaming so Hot Cheetos another, or something like that? Yeah, something like that. Like 1950s <laughs> had hot, a lot of Flaming Hot Cheetos yeah. in circulation, too. So yeah. there are a lot of theories. We don't yeah. know for sure. Yeah. Um, the report also noted that during their breaks, Palmer's crew would fish into one of the three ponds. The men would use a solution that was 90% hydrogen peroxide to neutralize the contamination. Sometimes the water was so polluted it bubbled. The fish had all died off. Palmer's interview ended on a somber note. They had seven wells up there, water wells, and every damn one of them was contaminated. Palmer said it was a horror story. Just like a fun, scenic, uh, go into the hills on your break, um, fish in the polluted lakes that are bubbling from contamination, go home, uh, burn your wife's lips. I mean, it's right, to, right to be like, hey, listen, we want to do all these experiments, mm-hmm. but we'd also like to also fish. In, mm-hmm. So so nature, can you just like work with us here for a second? chill out yeah. and just like process we this want so it to do hurt us? both. Uh, it was, I mean, the 50s too. Like Mad Men, they would just like leave their trash out and they'd be like, well, why, why is this lake burning? Yeah, I don't oh, get it. Nothing yeah. I do in my job could have contributed to this, I don't no. think. Everyone Jeez, tells me how great I am all the time. Stop my buzz. I know, I'm a white man. <laughs> yeah. Nature, get on board. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's mother nature, so you know. She's oh, a nag. Oh, she in a period or what? <laughs> Always. <laughs> Especially in Simi Valley. Uh, other spills and releases occurred over the decades of operation as well. In 1989, um, an investigation found widespread chemical and radioactive contamination. Surprised. Again, we have this through line of people just finding contamination. Uh, widely publicized in the local press, the revelations led to substantial concern among community members and elected officials, resulting in a challenge to any 
subsequent shutdown of continued nuclear activity at the site. A lot of lawsuits were filed in this time. Uh, then they decided, they were like, all right, all right we're going to clean it up. The Environmental Protection Agency finally comes in after oh, 25 years of turning their head and was brought in at the request of local legislators to provide some oversight to this whole cleanup. A worker disposes of toxic chemicals by blowing up full barrels with a rifle shot. With a rifle shot, um, and why did I say that? Yeah, so that's how they were. <laughs> that's how they were getting rid of things. Yeah, so they were shooting barrels to explode them, and that's how they were getting rid of materials. So okay. thank you, Environmental Protection Agency. For cleaning up. That sounds like mess. a very 1950s way to deal with the problem, too. Yeah, just shoot it. Like, pew, pew. This is 1989, though. I know. <laughs> um, on December 11th, 2002, um, a Department of Energy official described typical cleanup procedures executed by field lab employees in the past. Workers would dispose of barrels filled with highly toxic waste by shooting, again, the barrels. Um, it is unclear whether this process ended, but for certain it got reported. And apparently around the 1990s, someone put an end to that kind of behavior. So again, then we have a bunch of uh, exploded barrels. We have a lot of toxic waste dumped everywhere. Um, but things are kind of shutting down a little bit. As so Susanna, because there's some publicity to it. There's some lawsuits happening. People are kind of like getting wise to what was going on. On July 26th, 1994, uh, the Santa Susana Field Laboratory was officially owned by Rocketdyne, Two scientists, uh, Otto K. Um, Haney of Canoga Park and Larry A. Pugue of Thousand Oaks, and they were killed um, when the chemicals they were illegally burning in open pits to dispose of exploded. After a grand jury investigation and FBI raid of the facility, three Santa Susana Field Laboratory officials pleaded guilty in June 2004 to illegally storing explosive materials. The jury deadlocked on the more serious charges related to illegal burning of hazardous waste. At the trial, a retired Rocketdyne mechanic testified as to what he witnessed at the time of the explosion. I assume we were burning waste, Lee Wells testified, comparing the process used on July 21st and 26th, 1994, to that once used to legally dispose of leftover chemicals at the company's old burn pits in the 50s. As Haney poured the, wait for the page, chemicals for what would have been the third burn of the day, the blast occurred. The background noise was so loud I didn't hear anything. I felt the blast and I looked down and my shirt was coming apart. So this is someone who's just witnessing it. His shirt was just falling off of his body. So I wonder if there's people. video of this. Yeah, I couldn't find anything quite like that. I mean, I found some pictures of the facilities and things like that, but yeah. yeah. I'm um, sure if there was, they're probably like, well, let's not get this out. Yeah, it yeah. seems like a lot. Uh, when he realized what had occurred, Wells said, I felt to see if I was all there. I knew I was burned, but I didn't know how bad. Wells suffered second and third degree burns to his face, arms, and stomach. During its years of operation, widespread use occurred of highly toxic chemicals, over, again, 30,000 rocket test engines. Um, and uh, in December 2003, the EPA determined that Santa Susana's cleanup was not consistent. They're like, this is bad. And everyone's like, yeah, no shit. Uh, and that sufficient contamination would remain at levels that would be dangerously inappropriate for unrestricted residential. And the only safe use under the DOE's revised cleanup standards would be restricted day hikes with limitations on picnicking. So like, uh, listen, <laughs> you know, we're going to two really, kinds of cheese. Yeah. <laughs> one kind of wine. We're sorry. Exactly. We are. We're getting strict on it. We're finally getting in here and we're going to implement some rules. Uh, no eating radioactive chemicals. Yeah. Um, your picnics have to be short. 
They have to. I be, like how that's the that's the the backpedaling mm-hmm. of like, oh, you guys, we're gonna clean this, fix this up. Um, just we're gonna chill with the picnics. <laughs> yeah, can you guys stop doing like long hikes and do like yeah. a short hike? Don't maybe hike so know, much. Maybe the problem was the the future picnics all along, though. If you think about it, maybe. Oh <laughs> shit! Yeah, think about oh, it. Shit. Don't take a yeah. Don't take a bath in the burn pit. Yeah, it's it's on you. Yeah, you stupid <laughs> residential people trying to live their lives. Yeah, even though the scientists are the one uh, that um, the people that know the best, we're literally just shooting things and just burning. <laughs> like if they ask us to say, "Hey, you want to do this for fifty bucks? Yeah, yeah. clean up." It's like, what would you guys do? Is like shoot it and burn it? Yeah, we're not scientists. They exactly. did the same thing. They did the same thing, and everyone's like, "We're gonna take care of this." Uh, now we're gonna take care of this. A couple mm. of people more die. We're gonna take care of this now. A couple of people get cancer. Okay, we'll do it now. Yeah. Exactly. But then we have the the fires. So in 2005, wildfires swept through L.A. County and parts of Ventura. You remember this, right? Yeah. Very, very sad. Not so long ago. The fire consumed most of the dry brush through the Simi Hill. Simi. Why do I say Simi? Like Sims. Anyway, Simi Hills. Maybe where- we're all just in a Sims. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, okay. <Whoa>. Okay. <laughs> Uh, the facility received substantial fire damage. Since the fire, allegations have emerged that vast quantities of on-site contamination were released into the air. Most recently, Los Angeles County firefighters who were assigned to SSFL during the fires have been sent for medical testing to see if any harmful doses were ingested or inhaled while pr- protecting the facility. Ugh. It's like, hey, put your life on the line, but also we're going to up the danger exactly. unnecessarily. Exactly. Um, at this point, it was owned by Boeing, and they said that there was no contamination of the air resulted by the fire, even though, why are you sending people to get medical help? The firefighters, they're the heroes of our society. Let's put them into harm's way, even more than they already are, that yeah. they've been trained to do. Um, so, uh, yeah, the fire scorched everything. They think that they were redeposited. Um, all of the contamination was redeposited again after the fires. Um, Dr. Bob Dodge, president of Physicians for Social Responsibility Los Angeles, said the uh, Woolsey fires likely released and spread radiological and chemical contamination that was in SSFL's oil, soil and vegeta- vegetation via smoke and ash. All wild, wildfire smoke can be hazardous to health, but if SSFL had been cleaned up long ago, as promised, we'd at least not have to worry about exposure to dangerous radionuclides and chemicals as well. When it burns and becomes airborne and smoke and ash, there's a real possibility of heightened exposure for area residents. So it's all leading to like, this is not safe to be in this area. These people just are like, well, we have homes here. Can someone help? And everyone's like, no, we can't. Don't hike, please. Um, So eventually, uh, the Santa Susana... Is this effort number what, 46? 40, yeah, 46, 47. Let's <laughs> not get it right. Like, give them time. Can you, you at least give them some time? I mean, you only gave them 50 years. That's I like, know, don't God. rush them. As soon as like a small city dies, yeah. we'll work on it. So then uh, the property was donated uh, to become a park. Um, the 2,400 acres of the Boeing Santa Susana Field Laboratory became state parkland. So it's like, well, let's preserve it. Let's plant some, uh, put some fake grass in and a swing. Yeah. Um, so the agreement uh, permanently restricted the land, at, le- at very least, from not having people live on it. So that's good. Yeah. But you can still go in it. You can still hike around in it. You can have your picnics in it. Um, Boeing is still kind of uh, involved in it and kind of oversees it. 
and oversees the quote unquote cleanup efforts happening with it. But that's kind of like where it's at right now. Uh, yeah, I honestly, I still think it was those um, those picnics that really 30 years in the future from that point, like 30, 40 years. In the, you know what I mean? Like the reason 1950 didn't work because in 1990s, somebody mm-hmm. was having like kind of like an aggressive picnic. Whoa. It's like pretty. But it's I mean, really yeah, like my, uh, my my you know wife grew up in, in, mm-hmm. in the valley and her, you know, my mother-in-law still still lives there and stuff like that. And I guess, yeah, I, you know, it's like. What I think about is, like, uh, what were the benefits? And I'm, like, science is great, uh, learning, exploring, uh, yeah. it's never-ending. But what what was... Okay, so we heard about the negatives. Yeah. What were the positives? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, mm, um, oh, any ooh, science, science... I didn't read anything about any good... Yeah, science like, that like, came yeah. from like this on the, on the, testing on the facility. converse you know it's like we, we like solar power was kind of no uh, yeah no, you, no. you'd think all of this is not for naught and the thing is it is for naught nothing came of this it was just a playground for scientists to fuck up the environment and the people around them and then try not to get blamed for it I, I'm sure you know they, it probably was pains you know probably some painstaking science to do it but the cleanup seemed to be very, uh, like just like kind of like burn it, shoot mm-hmm. it, put it in a garbage bag. Yeah, like exactly the way, the way like you a might clean up, shackle, like, like the way you might clean your like garage. Yeah, exactly. Take it over to the <laughs> exactly. side. Take like you have something. to be somewhere in a couple hours, so it's like kind of a shoddy <laughs> job. You're like, I don't know, this is fine. I'll just get rid of this. Just take this. Uh, put it over there. You and know? then yeah, now and then you burn still, the rest of this. And then you know things like fires are still reminding you that like past indiscretions are mm-hmm. now kind of uh yeah. coming to light you know what i mean i mean it's again it's just like things don't just disappear they don't go away people, i guess yeah well and also i'm sure people are like i'm not gonna be alive to even know if this worked out or not you know exactly. what i mean if you're like i'm seeing your 30s in 1950 you're like in 2000 like what do i care <laughs> I'm, yeah. tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. My kids are idiots. I don't care what happens to them. Exactly. Whatever. They're Give going me. to art school. Like I don't know. I have to pay for it somehow. Yeah. Like Jesus Christ. Yeah. Just take a take a nice bath. But you know, what did benefit. Did benefit us. What uh, us as a society? What this podcast episode? 